Have you ever wondered when you should call 911? Are you curious what the crime rate of murdering is, especially as we've been growing over these last several years? You'll want to know what the police department organizes itself into in order to perform all of its unique duties? The answer to these questions and more is coming right up. Hi, I'm your host, Mayor Robert Simpson, and this is My Meridian City 101 Police Department Edition, your guide to local government. So, let's dive right in and get started. Today, I am here with the Meridian Police Chief, Tracy Basarachea. Chief, that's a mouthful uh, for a lot of people in our community. But, you know, I think those that are around law enforcement have known your name for a long time. Why don't you give our listeners just a little preview about yourself and, and your involvement in law enforcement here in the Treasure Valley? Sure. So uh, I'm a first-generation Idahoan. Uh, my father came to this country in 1952 on a uh, sheep herding contract and stayed here, uh, received his citizenship, uh, met my mother. Uh, they raised three boys, and uh, one of their focuses was to make sure that all three of us uh, went through college. Uh, my father came here with about a seventh grade education, and uh, education was very important to him. Joined the Meridian Police Department in 1996, so I've been with the police department going on 26 years. Have worked my way up from a patrol officer, worked investigations, worked my uh, way through the ranks um, from sergeant to lieutenant um, to deputy chief to current chief, uh, going on a year and a half now. Uh, worked a lot of different areas, worked with uh, every department uh, in this valley and, and throughout the state of Idaho. Very, very rewarding career for me. You've also spent a little bit of time maybe working with some, uh, some of our large law enforcement agencies and even doing some training back east. Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, been through the FBI National Academy, have been working very diligently to improve police use of force, uh, a part of a task force developed by USA Judo, developing the Police 3 program or P3 program, uh, which they call the Police Professional Program. Um, in the uh, aftermath of things like George Floyd, uh, saw the opportunity for us to do better and have worked very, very hard to uh, improve the area of police uh, use of force. Well, and that's one of the things I've been most impressed with you over this time that we've we've known each other for several years, but working more closely with you over these last couple of years, just your overall uh, approach to policing and your desire to improve and give back and educate and tackle very tough issues that we are all facing. So we'll have more time to talk about that. I'm not going to ask for your response on that, but because I want to get into the heart of this. I mean, I love watching crime shows. It, it, I've been doing it my entire life. Um, and I know that uh, back when I was watching a show that came out when I was in Washington, D.C. several years ago called CSI, you know, people took a, a very different view of policing. But how is this job similar, different in your eyes compared to what people see on TV maybe today or maybe 20 years ago? Sure. Uh, well, the way it's similar is uh, we do have some of the investigative techniques that they show on TV. But there's a lot more differences than there are similarities. For instance, uh, we don't solve most of our crimes from start to finish to conviction in an hour. And that just doesn't happen. Uh, the tactics that you see in television and in movies are uh, very poor at best. My wife will tell you she hates to watch a police movie with me because I'm very, very critical of the tactics that are used and how that's not how things would really occur. Uh, so, so those are the things I think that really bother me in, in t 
TV shows and in movies, and more importantly, I think especially in uh, movies and, and some of the dramas that we watch, is it's always about uh, bad cops doing bad things, bending the law, stepping over the line, and that's just not the reality of policing, certainly not the reality of policing in this valley. Um, do people make mistakes? Are there bad cops? Absolutely there are. But the vast majority of police officers that I've worked with are very professional, and they are actually here to serve the community. Uh, unfortunately, that's not what uh, sells tickets to movies, but that's the reality of it. Uh, when a police officer gets in a shooting, uh, they're not back out on the street in hours doing no paperwork. Uh, there's hours and hours and hours of paperwork. There's a lot that goes into those investigations of police-involved shootings, as well as making sure that the uh, officer is ready to go back on the street and that they're they're not struggling mental health-wise after that. It's not an easy thing to do when an officer's involved in a critical incident like that. It takes a very hard toll on the officer and their family, as well as the whole, whole department that is involved. Absolutely. So let's give people an overview of the Meridian Police Department. Let's kind of start focus on there. And we'll start at the very mission vision level and talk about community policing. You know, that's really a, 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 the way in which you go about, you know, doing the work you all do. So what is community, community policing and why is it our focus in Meridian? Well, for me, community policing isn't a program. And that, that's been a problem, I think, with a lot of departments um, that have lost their relationship with the community is they think they're going to develop a program that builds the, or bridges those gaps between the community and the police officers. But we certainly believe in Sir Robert Pill's uh, vision of policing, that the a police officer is the community and the community is a police officer. Uh, and that's our expectations of our officers is to interact with the community, to focus on service, that, that philosophy and that culture of service. We are, we are public servants. We are here to serve the community and we are here to work with the community every day. And so I think that really is what community policing is. It's building that relationship where you and the community work together to solve problems. It's not a program. It's uh, not just some little check marks in a box. It's actually that, that holistic view of policing. And we'll talk about that when we talk about some of the uh, different things that we do within the Meridian Police Department and, and some of the different focuses that we have uh, dealing with mental health issues in the community, dealing with the youth in the community and those things. We want to make sure that everybody understands we are no different than our community members. We just wear a different uniform when we go to work during the day. Well, let's just keep going down that line. First, let's talk about how are you organized as a department? What are some of the different yeah divisions that you have and some of the teams that exist and, and maybe that will help us do that outline for what community policing looks like inside each of those areas of the department. Yeah, absolutely. So the way we're divided, the, the department itself is divided as an operations division and that division has patrol, which entails or encompasses our canine unit, our traffic unit, our community service officers, and then we have uh, under operations as well our detectives or our criminal investigations division. And that entails our impact team, our property crimes team, and our major persons, major crimes or persons uh, team investigators. And then we have our community services division, which encompasses our code enforcement division, our crime analysis unit, our records unit, 
the Meridian Anti-Drug Coalition and Crime Prevention. And then we have our Administrative Division, which encompasses our Office of Professional Standards and Training, which oversees our internal affairs, our internal training, and our training academy, and then the Chief's Office, which oversees the entire department. And how are those different elements of the department working with the community? So, you know, most people see patrol um, or they view patrol like they see on TV. Traffic stops, uh, running from exciting call to exciting call. And it's really much more complex than that. Really, what we expect our officers to do, especially in that patrol setting, is solve problems. Uh, Most of the calls that we go to really are not of criminal in nature. They're dealing with disputes between neighbors. I mean, literally calls of somebody, my neighbor is watering my yard and I don't like it. And so we go and we, we mediate that discussion between those neighbors. Um, we deal with a lot with the youth in, in patrol. You know, I, I think a patrol officer's job is maybe the most difficult there is. I always tell people, think of being a 22, 23, 24-year-old patrol officer and you're out of the academy, you're out on the street, working the street, and the first call you go to is a domestic verbal, an argument between a a husband and a wife. And we get this young officer gets there, and we expect them to be able to mediate this argument between these two people who've been married for 30 years and explain to them how to have a healthy uh, husband-wife relationship or, or partner relationship and you're not even married yet. You, you have no idea what it's like to be in a married situation. And then the next call you go to is maybe a burglary. And everybody expects you to be the crime scene sleuth and, and be able to gather all of the evidence and be able to track the person down in an hour and have them arrested and convicted. And then the next call this officer goes to is a juvenile beyond control where parents can't control their child, Um, they're having trouble parenting, and we expect that officer to be an expert in parenting skills, and that officer has no children. They're not even married yet, but we expect them to be an expert in that area as well. And then they go to a bar fight, and we expect them to be Chuck Norris, go in, clean up the fight, arrest everybody, have them in handcuffs, dust it off with minimal injury to anybody, and then we send them to a, a mental health call. And we expect them to be able to diagnose somebody's mental health illness and those types of things. Very, very diverse job that people don't understand the complexities of it. And they expect our officers to be perfect 100% of the time when dealing with people during their most imperfect moments. And so that's some of the things that our patrol officers do. And then you break down patrol into our traffic unit and they focus on traffic enforcement and, and, you know, whether it's texting and driving tickets, whether it's investigating accidents, speeding, red light violations. Uh, You know, people complain about red light violations a lot in this city, and we work those, but they're very labor intensive, especially when you're dealing with an intersection, say, such as Eagle Road and Fairview. We have to be able to set up on that intersection and get to the vehicle that runs that red light in a timely manner. So basically, we have to have units in six different spots on that one intersection to get red light violators and have a spotter who's spotting who the violators are. So a very, very labor intensive. And then of course, um, we'll get the complaints that a motorcycle is parked on the sidewalk running, watching for those violations, even though that's the safest place for him 
and the public uh, to for him to be. And then we take a look at our detectives and, and the things that they do. We have our impact team that works basically street crimes or, or problem uh, neighborhoods or problem houses, you know, those, those quality of life issues um, where maybe there's a house that is just full of people that are having parties all the time, uh, causing problems for the neighborhood. We, we use our impact team to focus on those quality of life issues and, and see if there's a way to solve those types of things. They also work undercover drug buys. Um, and then we have our property crimes team that is focused on dealing with property crimes, whether it's construction crimes or whether it's these traveling groups that come through and defraud our businesses um, throughout the valley. They work very closely with um, other commercial detectives in other parts of the uh, the valley to try to catch these these criminal traveling groups from out of state and get them in custody and so that they are no longer defrauding our, our public. And then we have our community services, our code enforcement officers, these are the officers who go around and they make sure that the city stays clean, that the city is presentable to the public. If there's graffiti somewhere, they community services will make sure that that graffiti is cleaned up and taken care of. If there's uh, unkept yards, broken down vehicles uh, in somebody's uh, front driveway, they go and they, they work with the people to try to get that cleaned up and, and make sure that Meridian stays a nice place to live. And we utilize our crime analysis group that, that looks at the crime patterns in the, the city and directs our officers on places that maybe they would be better uh, deployed. And we have our records uh, division, which does over 8,000 uh, public records requests a year. And they not only do they analyze our reports and, and make sure that our reports are done properly and sent to the proper place, but they also have to analyze our videos and redact videos and redact reports, and, and they are just a huge service to our department. And we have the Meridian Anti-Drug Coalition that we work with very closely on identifying new drug trends and working towards drug prevention, and we'll talk about them a little bit later as well, uh, our Crime Prevention Unit. There, there's just a, there's a lot of units um, in this department that do a lot of things. The, the Office of Professional Standards and Training, if we have complaints on our officers, they do those investigations and make sure our officers are behaving properly, following procedures, doing the things that they need to do. And they also oversee the training for our officers each year, as well as our training academy, our joint training academy that we run with the Nampa Police Department. So very, very diverse operations in the department just touched the, the skim of the, the top of the milk on, on all the things that they do right there. And I think one of the things that people don't realize as much is, you know, when we talk about that we, all these are being done with the community. You know, yeah. you guys are, are, are in a lot of ways, you, you have your own things. We won't get into about how you identify crime working and those things. Well, this is the community reaching out and wanting you to be involved to help you solve these issues that they're seeing. Vitally important. And we have to make sure that we're responsive when the community reaches out. And so, you know, that's one of the things our crime prevention unit does a great job of, setting up neighborhood watches so that they know what to look for and they know what to call 911 on, what not to call 911 on, where to direct um, their responses to, and to make sure that when we are getting those calls from the community, that we're responding to those. We send officers out to talk to our neighborhood watch groups and other groups, explaining to them, you know, personal safety issues and those types of things, what things 
do entail that are criminal and, and what things are not criminal. Uh, because sometimes those issues that, w- that we deal with are just, uh, they're really neighborhood disputes. You just don't get along with your neighbor. And we still deal with those. Um, we still go out and we, we try to find a solution for people. I always tell our officers, I don't ever want to hear you go out and tell somebody, this isn't a police issue and just leave. Our job is to direct them to where they can find the resources that they need to fix their issue or to help them with their issue. So how do you find these super officers? You know, um, you've really described uh, people that need to have a broad ability to relate, uh, to, to do the work, uh, both physically, mentally. Um, so what does it look like when we're recruiting an officer in, in, in your eyes in the, the department? Well, for us, we are really looking, number one, for people of uh, good moral moral character, people who come from a good background, uh, make good decisions in their life, and really we're just focusing on those service-oriented people. You don't have to have a, a criminal justice background to be hired as a police officer. And quite frankly, we hire a lot more people without criminal justice in their background than we do with it because we want that diverse population that has had some life experiences. And so, you know, we do a lot of different things. We put out recruiting videos. Uh, We have our officers recruit as well. Um, And when somebody comes to us or they they are interested in the Meridian Police Department, one of the unique things that I think that we do that has been very, very successful for us, whether they're an officer coming from another area or a person that's never been a police officer, we set up a meet and greet with our uh, training group. And so we bring them into the department, uh, either the captain, lieutenant, or a sergeant, or one of our recruiting officers will meet with them. They'll explain what our philosophy for policing is, what our culture within the department is when it comes to policing and how we treat one another. And we will explain to them what our expectations are. And in those meetings, we try to figure out whether they're going to be a good fit for us. And we give them the opportunity to decide whether or not we are going to be a good fit for them. And we have had those moments where we have told people, you obviously don't believe in the way that we view policing, so you're probably not going to be a good fit here. You should probably go somewhere else uh, where they police differently. But, um, you know, we are very, very intentional about how we police our community here. We understand how important having the support of that community is, especially when things go bad, and they will go bad. You, you will have uh, police shootings. You will have controversial uh, situations on arrests. And we want to make sure that our community has had enough interaction with us, has worked with us enough that they are going to err on the side of going, you know what, we know our police department and we know how they police. So we're going to make sure that we wait until we get the whole story of what has occurred before we pass judgment on them. And because of that, um, we've been very, very fortunate when we have had those controversial um, types of incidents occur in our community. The community has really rallied around the Meridian Police Department, and we believe that's because of that relationship that we have built with them. So that's, you know, the initial part of the recruiting process with us. And then after that, they do they take a written test. If they pass that written test, they will go into a oral board. Uh, once they pass the oral board, we do a initial background screening. And we've had police officers 
that uh, in the initial background screening have revealed things um, that has occurred have occurred at their prior agency, and we've had to tell them, you know, we would have terminated you here um, for what you did at your prior agency, or maybe we would have even charged you criminally. So, so we're done with the process. You're not going to move on in our process with us. And they're really shocked because in some agencies and some communities, that type of behavior is acceptable and it's not acceptable for us in the Meridian Police Department or in our community. We expect more and we should expect more and our community should expect more. If they pass the initial background screening process, they go into a far deeper background uh, process with our Office of Professional Standards, where we actually send our investigators out to wherever they're coming from. Um, we've sent uh, investigators as far away as uh, Syracuse, New York, to do backgrounds because we truly want to know what we're getting. We don't want to send letters out. We don't want to just pick up the phone and talk to somebody. We want to have boots on the ground that are talking to their neighbors, that are talking to their coworkers, that can pick up on little things that may indicate to us that maybe somebody's not being completely truthful. Once they get through that complete background uh, screen, then they meet uh, with me. Each officer comes in and meets with uh, myself, or if I'm unavailable out of town, then they meet with one of uh, our captains. And we have a sit down and we have a conversation and, and we see if uh, they're going to be comfortable with uh, our department or me as their chief. And I'm going to be comfortable uh, with them as well uh, working for us. And we have in those meetings um, not given a conditional offer because we could tell that they just did not believe um, in treating the public the way the public should be treated. And, and that for us is with respect and dignity every time. Um, bottom line, every person is a person and they should be treated as, as such. And, and we do that uh, very diligently here at the Meridian Police Department. If they get past the uh, meeting with myself, uh, we call it the chief's meeting, then they go into a psychiatric background as well. We do a psych assessment of them to make sure they're going to be a good suit for policing. And they also have to go through a polygraph examination. And once they get through all of those things uh, successfully, then they start a uh, police academy with a joint police academy with the Meridian Police Department and the Nampa Police Department. That's a lot. It is a lot. So with our higher standards and some of the challenges that we've seen nationally in policing, how has it been the last two and a half years for the Meridian Police Department to attract the right talent into the position? I will tell you it has been difficult. I'm not going to say it hasn't. Um, there have been times where it has been difficult. But we are at a point now, we are getting ready to start an academy here in another couple of weeks. And once we start that academy, we're going to be down one position. So we're doing better than most agencies across the country. And I attribute that to our recruiting team, which really is every officer that works in, in, in the Meridian Police Department. Um, they have built a very, very good reputation for a great place to work and a great group of people to work with. And so we have officers, we've, we've been to uh, down in LA and we had some LAPD officers tell our recruiters, you have a reputation of being a very hard department to get hired onto. And we took that as a, as a you know, little sense of pride for sure, uh, because we should be a hard department to get onto. We, we wanna have the best people come to work for us and, and do the best job. We want the right people here. We don't want somebody that's just fleeing another area or another department. 
Um, there are a reason that some communities have lost trust with some of those departments. And we want to make sure we don't have that in our community. And we don't want somebody who is going to come here and um, treat our community with the us versus them attitude because it isn't an us versus them. It's a us and us. Uh, that's the bottom line. It's you and the community, um, and that's all you have. And, and once you lose that trust, once you lose that, you may never get it back. And we under, and we understand how delicate that is. And so we've we've worked very very hard, and and we're sitting very well where we're at with our recruiting right now. Well, one of the things that can't hurt with recruitment is the facilities that you have that can uh, really open up the training opportunities for people that are with the Meridian Police Department. Talk about those. Yeah, that's one of the things when I talk about our people, talk about um, our facilities, and I can talk forever. I, I can tell you that. I get excited about it. Um, anybody that was a, uh, a Boise State fan back in the 2000s uh, knows they always talked about facilities and culture. And I always uh, compare us to Boise State of the 2000s. Um, we are big on our facilities and our culture, and we have been blessed uh, with council members and mayors who have supported that vision and um, have really allocated the funds to help us build those facilities. Uh, we built the Public Safety Training Center, and it has four classroom facilities in it. One is a tiered classroom, uh, has very great technology in it. It also has a very large mat room, defensive tactics room in it. And so we're able to bring a lot of classes uh, to this facility, not just for the Meridian Police Department, but for area law enforcement, uh, which is one thing I think that we focus on a lot is area law enforcement as opposed to just us. Because we want to make sure that Idaho has the best law enforcement nationwide because I know that you have family members that live in Pocatello. I have family members that live in other parts of the state. I want them to have the same professional law enforcement officers and the same experiences that our community has. Um, so, so we bring in a lot of training through that. Uh, then we also, we just recently um, opened up our Scenario Village, which is a very, very unique facility. Uh, it looks like a cityscape. It has apartments in it. Um, when you walked into them, you wouldn't know that it was an actual apartment. It has houses, convenience stores, banks, a bar, so that we can give the best scenario training to our officers um, possible because it's been proven that scenario training is the best way to train your officers to react in real-life situations. And so we show those facilities off as much as we can, bring as much training here as we can, I, I had the fortune of giving a tour a few days ago uh, to some individuals, and they were just in awe of the training facilities that we have at the Meridian Police Department. Uh, one of the individuals has been, you know, in different parts of the country and had never seen anything like it and was just, he thought it was amazing that here we are in what some people would say, little old Meridian, Idaho, with these facilities. And I think that's one of the great things that council and, and our past mayors and current council and mayors have really focused on is the importance of facilities and training. Uh, when we were in the economic downturn and a lot of agencies weren't sending their officers to training, the city continued to send officers to training because they knew that in the long run, um, that training and training your officers to a high level is going to save you money, uh, not cost you money. And, and I think that so far we've seen that pay off for sure. Well, in addition to those uh, two buildings in that 
public safety training center. We also have a precinct, a new precinct under construction. So why did we take this approach um, and talk about the location? Yeah, so we, we are building a new precinct. It will be right next. It's the furthest northwest part of the city, right next to Owyhee High School. And what we were finding was it's so difficult to keep your officers out in the field when they're driving so far across town. And, and with the traffic issues that um, we all deal with every day um, in our commutes, trying to keep them out there, give, keep them with as much windshield time out in the community as we can, uh, we needed to have some place to house them. And a lot of people have looked at, uh, you know, we'll put some officers in a substation to write reports in a strip mall. That really isn't uh, what our community needs or wanted. And so what we're doing is we're building a precinct. And ultimately, when everything's completely built out, when we're, we continue to grow as a city and, and uh, hire officers and employees, it will be a full service police station so that those people in the northwest part of the city don't have to drive 30 minutes to 40 minutes to get to our police headquarters to do the business that they need to do. They'll be able to go to that precinct, make contact with a live human being, get the reports that they need, file the, the, the reports that they need to do, have officers that are, that are housed out of that building that are booking evidence in that building so that they're in the community where they should be uh, doing their, their, their policing actions and functions. Well, and one of the challenges with the growing department is having adequate space for all the officers that are on duty at any given point in time. Yeah, I think that we have done, I want to say this is our th third remodel of the current headquarters facility, and we're still busting at the seams. And, and we are looking at other facility on that, uh, on the in the training facility that will help us with that in the future as well, um, because we're close enough to the southernmost part of the city that we think, we think that uh, by doing that, we'll be able to avoid having to build another precinct in the south. Um, but we're always constantly evaluating that and uh, making those determination on what is the most efficient uh, way to deliver services to our uh, community, but not just efficient. We want to make sure that they are getting a quality service. And that's one of the reasons that when a lot of other departments quit taking certain reports or doing certain things, we have really, really been resistant to doing that. And so I like to say we handle the smallest of calls, but we can also handle the biggest of calls. And we've proven that over time. We believe in focusing on those little things and those little things, you know, really reduce the number of big things that you have to deal with. And that, that deals with whether it's uh, community issues, whether it's criminal issues, or whether it's dealing with issues with uh, our employees as well. We make sure we're, we're touching on those little things early on so that they don't become big things down the line. Uh, we want to get our officers to their, their end, the end of their career, and we want them to be successful the entire time. Well, we really appreciate that that perspective. Now, this new precinct is being built out near Owyhee High School, and it is sharing property with the Meridian Fire Department, where they are putting in a new fire station as well. We have a unique relationship between our police and fire departments. Talk to us about you know because it also extends to the the public safety training center. Talk to us about that relationship with the Meridian uh, Fire Department as you see it. Yeah, I, well, it's always been a good relationship, and I think we are now in the process of making it a great relationship. 
Chief Bloom came uh, into his position shortly after I did. And we uh, first thing we did was we met and we discussed our philosophies. And his philosophies are very much in line, um, leadership philosophies with mine. Uh, really taking care of our people, taking care of the culture and doing those things. And so we're working very, very closely on training facilities uh, with them. And then not just training facilities, but training in and of itself uh, with one another. We'll talk about CIT, I'm sure, our crisis intervention team. Uh, but Chief Bloom and I are, have been in conversations about combining that uh, with their uh, program that's going to look like a community paramedic program and making sure that we're dealing with our problems in our community, again, uh, not to overuse the word, but in a holistic manner, to make sure that when we have people that are calling 911 because they don't know what else to do, we can curb that. We can get them the uh, resources that they need. Uh, we can deal with them on a broader picture um, as a police and fire department to make sure that we're not getting those return customers that don't need to be return customers. They just didn't know where to turn to. And so we're really excited about combining the precinct with the fire station because they're going to have that much closer and a stronger of a bond. And I think that's a very, very unique thing um, it's unique to the West, but really unique to the Meridian uh, Police Department, the Meridian Fire Department. Our officers and our firefighters and our administrations just have a really strong bond with one another. And that seems to be continuing to grow. And the more we train together, the more it will grow together. Uh, our, our SWAT, uh, one of our, our SWAT leaders, uh, Lieutenant Harper, has done a great job of working um, developing the active shooter program, working with the fire department, bringing them on board on training so they know what to expect and they're more willing to go into those warm zones and even those hot zones at times because they trust our officers and they understand that, that time is essential in those types of uh, situations. And so we're always trying to find better ways to work with the fire department and better ways um, to build that relationship. So that's, and this is one of the ways I think that is going to really help us. Well, I think you just opened the door right there as we, uh, I want to go a little, to, a little bit deeper into some of these areas that are very specific into the police department, something a little bit more unique about the work that's being done. And we'll try to do it quick, quickly for our, our listeners. But let's talk about, you talk about Lieutenant Hopper and the work that he did with Deputy Chief Bongiorno. Mm -hmm really as it came out to, you know, helping keep our kids safe in the schools. Talk a, bit, a little bit about that, because that, that just builds yeah. on that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also very, very specific to even maybe bring in the additional six SROs that are coming on online for the city and the school district. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't think of, of fire as having to deal with, God forbid, an active shooter situation. Uh, but they do. They're right in the middle of it. And safety, safety. And so Lieutenant Harper and, and uh, Deputy Chief Bongiorno worked, and they, they worked a program that now is being distributed statewide to the school systems. And it's, it's on how to respond uh, to these type of uh, safety issues with our kids. They worked with the State Department of Education to uh, get this training out. They've continued to pro provide that training um, throughout the entire state and specifically for the Meridian Police Department. And again, working, you know, just that relationship with fire. If we didn't have that relationship before uh, where we had some ideas that we thought would be beneficial uh, to keep the kids safe and then fire said, but that's not beneficial if there's an actual fire for us to fight that fire. 
If fire didn't feel comfortable with coming to us with that, that would have been a fight between those two departments. And you will see that uh, between many fire departments, many police departments. So working on those relationships really helped to have that dialogue and, and change that dynamic and to make it a lot more safe for our kids. And we're continuing to build upon that, uh, continuing evaluating how we respond to a variety of calls. Now, when fire goes to a fire alarm, we send a patrol officer as well, if not two to make sure that we're keeping our firefighters safe and that, that it is a fire that they're responding to or just a fire alarm. And so those are things that don't happen in a lot of other communities. And so we continue to, to, to build upon that and, and looking at the SRO program and adding six SROs to help work with the elementary schools because we've never had SROs in the elementary schools. And that's just not a model that is common. Um, but we know that it is a model that is needed. And again, you know, without the help of you, Mayor, in particular, and uh, our city council, we wouldn't have had added those uh, new SROs. And so they're already in the schools and we're already getting great feedback from parents, from school administrators, the teachers and the kids. And that's really what we want. We want to build those relationships with those kids and those SROs are fantastic about that outreach. And they're really, maybe they're the first step in the outreach that we do with kids. And, and probably the biggest part of the community is when you put them in the place where the community gathers in our schools. Absolutely. There, yeah. There's no doubt. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time. I, I like to go to watch football games. And when you see the SRO teams there working together, um, you know, when you have especially two Meridian schools that you know, the SROs were working at and they're, they're both there, they're showing their school pride and spirit, you know, maybe wearing the hat of the team that they're there uh, or the school that they're working at, but they're, they're embedded into the community. And that really makes that community policing so much easier, you know, throughout throughout the years, because those people that are in those schools are eventually going to be on the streets. Absolutely. And we have SROs that have taken an active role in coaching um, with some of those teams at those schools. And so that's just another way for those kids to be able to see just a different view of that police officer that there's somebody that is approachable. There's somebody that is embedded in the community and are there to help them. And that makes a huge, huge difference. Another part of the department that I think is, I think, enjoyable for kids, but a little different, our canine unit. You know, everyone loves the dogs, but not everyone likes the dogs when they're brought out into uh, to, to their service. Talk to us a little just about the, the canine. It's been a long, proud history in Meridian. Very long, proud history, and one um, that I will say was uh, certainly partially driven um, by Keith Bird, who was one of our former council members um, who has passed away. But that we have six canines, uh, one of which is named KB, after uh, Councilman Keith Bird. And we have Arco, Gus, Tuso, Wyatt, and Grizz. And those dogs are all either Belgian Malinois or Belgian Malinois shepherd mixes. And they are all dual purpose dogs, which means that they are trained in drug detection. So they can sniff out drugs and alert our uh, officers if there's drugs or drugs present somewhere. And they are also trained in criminal apprehension or finding the bad guy or chasing the bad guy. And they're fantastic dogs. Uh, we recently had the uh, state police canine convention and we had uh, several of our dogs take home uh, awards, including top dog award. And so we were very excited about that. Our canine uh, officers work 
very, very hard with those dogs. Love those dogs. Um, when you have them you know, with their officer outside of a working uh, situation, friendliest dogs, kids just petting on them, loving on them. Uh, but when they're ready to go, they're ready to go. And they do just a phenomenal job for us. And they're, they're just a great resource and a great talking point to break the ice with the public. Um, most people are very fond of those dogs and, and want to ask questions about them and want to see them. And, and we're always really excited to do those canine demonstrations and show them exactly what our dogs can do. And uh, they just recently did some SWAT canine testing last week at our training facilities at the Scenario Village, and our dogs were very, very successful in that training. So they'll be working with our Metro SWAT team. Well, we're, we're very proud of them, and, you know, uh, they, they too can only be with the department for so long, you know, a lot less than the officers related to that. And, and so I, I know it can always be interesting for a handler when, they're, when the dog needs to reach retirement, um, but the, it's a great bond that exists. Yeah, a lot of them, when, they, when the dog retires, a lot of our officers do um, request that dog go home with them, and the city has been uh, very good about allowing that request, and, and so we do have retired uh, dogs that are living at home with officers. My conversation with Meridian Police Chief Tracy Bessiter-Chea continues next time on My Meridian. <laughs>